0: Returning to turn into the book of Exodus, chapter 40, verses one and two. And the Lord speak unto Moses saying, on the first day of the first month, shall thou set up the tabernacle of the tent of the congregation. Exodus chapter 40 the erecting and the essentials of the earthly tabernacle. This is our final survey study in Exodus. It's a survey. It's not comprehensive. It is not exhaustive. And we were considering Moses, the man of God. We spent quite a bit of time in Genesis considering Joseph, a man in God's redemptive plan. We have titled this survey of Exodus, Moses, the man of God. We will be highlighting, as I said, the erecting and the essentials of the earthly tabernacle and its significance to the church today. after the episode with the golden calf that we spoke about last lord's day evening and the consequence suffered where three thousand died Moses was called to hew out two new stones and return to the Mount Sinai regulations were given for worship and the essentials in the tabernacle. Exodus 34, 1 said, The Lord said unto Moses, Hew thee two tables of stone like unto the first, and I will write upon these tables, the words that were in the first table, which thou breakest. The one thing is significant here is the law of God doesn't change. The word of God doesn't change. The gospel doesn't change. Today, people are looking for a new message. There is no new message. What you heard from Pastor Scholar this morning. What you have been hearing for umpteen years. The gospel doesn't change. We speak the same language. And I hope we understand this. Moses was told, Bring two tables of stone like the first, and I will write upon these tables the words that were in the first tables which thou breakest. Now, these words are not only true in a literal sense. They are true of all of us. Moses literally broke the two tables of stone in a fit of anger, unjustifiable anger. God reminded Moses of his action. It was wrong to dispense that anger. But you and I have broken every written command that God has given it's true that Moses broke the tablets literally, but it is also pointing to a spiritual lesson. And we should be thankful that our God is a God of second chance. Some of us have had more than a second chance. I know about myself. Like Brother Curtis would always say, if he regards iniquity, who? Who? Can stand. But there is forgiveness with thee. That thou mayest be feared. I like that last sentence. Forgiveness always foster. The fear of God. And today people say they are forgiven. And they have no fear of God. So these words ought to be considered. They're not just referring to Moses. But we're thankful. Thankful. That God is a God of second chance. You know, at times in the church, Christians can become very intolerant with one another. Very intolerant with one another. And yet the Bible tells us that we should tolerate one another in our endeavor to keep the unity of the faith. It's a cause of concern, but our Lord is long-suffering. And long suffering happens to be a fruit of the Holy Spirit. Bearing up with people in the light of whatever they do to us. And some people in this church can carry a grudge a long way because of something somebody said many, many years ago. God is a God of second chance. Learn to give people another chance. You could make several applications here, but we will be only considering three headings from this lengthy chapter. One is the essentials of the tabernacle 1-11. Two, the servers in the tabernacle verses 12-16. to And three, the purpose of the tabernacle verses 34-38. And these verses, by the way, I said I will just scan a couple of them Um, but you you ought to read these things the essentials now every item God instructed Moses to prepare and place in the tabernacle was essential and sometimes we wonder why God is so detailed and meticulous and I say this because you and I should not throw anything at God in the name of worship and service. We throw anything at God in the name of service. Leave it like that. I'll get to it when I get back. Half done jobs, dirt, slop in the name of service. God is very meticulous. And sometimes you wonder, but why can't God be so detailed and meticulous? Because God is meticulous. And I have to shadow him. As poor as I do it. The Lord spake unto Moses, saying, On the first day of the first month, shalt thou set up the tabernacle of the tent of the congregation, and thou shalt put there in the ark the testimony, and cover the ark with the veil. God knew the audacity of men that little go peeping in the ark and be consumed. So it was to be covered with a veil. We do not know which first day is in view, but could it be that this is an indication that the first day can be likened to the Lord's day? The day of Pentecost was a Sunday when the Holy Spirit came. It was that day that the permanent tabernacle was set up and 3,000 were saved. Next, the ark of the testimony contained two two tables or two tables with the commandments. As I said, it was to be covered. No one was to look into the ark. You remember when they were moving the ark in Israel? Someone looked in the ark and you know what happened. Another time a man reached out to touch the ark, to stabilize it, you know what happened. And today we toy poke around with worship and the gospel and it's only God's mercy that we're not consumed it's only his mercy we think we can shape the gospel and fashion it into a gospel of works today we, we hear all kinds of things going on and I'm worried I'm worried about our churches and our pastors who Some may soon succumb to the pressures around. We must pray one for another. A table was to be placed for the candlestick to have light continually and very interestingly, the light was to burn from evening to morning. Not the other way around, the altar was Set before the door, and this suggests that there must be sacrifice made before entry of the tabernacle. The liver in verse 7, if you have the text before you was a basin-like vessel where Aaron and his sons must wash. Now I don't know if you know this, someone brought it to my attention, but I saw it before that both the liver. And the altar are personalized with the pronoun his and and it's very deliberate why God said call the laver and the altar wash his feet or his faces, because obviously these items represent him and we should pay attention and we heard this this morning we heard it before to every word in the Bible don't skip over anything Pay attention to the word of God, the word of God. The, the, The Lord fulfilled this picture wonderfully. You may remember that he washed his disciples feet before he was offered as a lamb of God. Peter raised an argument, not my feet. The Lord said, if I don't wash you, he says not my feet only but my hands and my head. Peter didn't understand the symbolism. He was a Jew. He saw the liver before. He never knew that one day it would be fulfilled in Christ washing him. And thus Peter was cleansed for the devil. What a picture. The Lord fulfilled these pictures wonderfully when he washed the disciples' feet. All utensils were to be anointed with oil. You wonder about these things. Why is God so meticulous? Verse ten and eleven, and thou shalt anoint the altar of the burnt offering and all his vessels and sanctify the altar, and it shall be an altar most holy, and thou shalt anoint the liver and his foot and sanctify it twice. The masculine pronoun is used to describe the utensils but these are instructions with the essentials given to Moses for the rearing up of the tabernacle in the wilderness. We come swiftly to our second heading to the servers in the tabernacle the servers in the tabernacle and I just give you the outline that you probably can go through it yourself what can I do in 30, 40 minutes of Bible study but to highlight. Verse 12 says, and Thou shalt bring Aaron and his sons unto the door of the tabernacle of the congregation and wash them with water. Notice that before entry, there must be washing, ceremonial washing, cleansing. God is very clear it serves a deep lesson the priests wash before service they ought to be clean hearts and clean hands and today many worshipers come in unprepared rushing in off the street late shopping bags and all for the ministry of God's word You and I can wash with water and perfume with Old Spice or polo sport like I use, but approach the Lord with unforgiven sin, a grudge, a chip on your shoulder, a fight you just had with your spouse. Another application we can make here is when we are called to any task of service we should be at that place of worship ahead of time a proper time some, some 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 ministers and men rush in the same time they're supposed to speak they don't preach oh that's too hard no I think that we ought to take worship seriously you can say what you may But we are living in a culture of rush, rush, rush. And the worship and the church now has become rush, rush, rush. I don't have to come here an hour ahead of time. I live up the road. But some of you live around the corner and always late. The COVID is ease. And yet I have been seeing people going back to their same habit. Coming in on the stroke of the hour I mean it's okay but let's be settled for worship we stress this a lot because we want to honor God and we should not be rushing in with the crowd unprepared no time to ponder no time to pray I I understand that Spurgeon, Brother Malcolm, before he preached, he had hundred people praying for him in the church already. Hundred people. They tell me that sometimes they even had to go and pull Mr. Spurgeon out of his his study. He prayed to. today we have we have come we have come a long way from from being a people that that are prepared Uh, this culture that we are living in has 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 twisted our minds Um, we shouldn't be rushing we should have time to ponder the priests were to wash before work the Lord Jesus also fulfilled this law wonderfully This is what Jesus did when he was baptized by John the Baptist. John the Baptist was not New Testament baptism. It was on the Old Testament side of the cross. It was ceremonial. A lot of people get confused. It was in accordance to the Levitical law. And Jesus, we're told, then come of Jesus from Galilee to Jordan unto John to be baptized of him. But John forbid him saying, I have need to be baptized of thee. John had it right. And comest thou to me? Jesus answering said unto him, Suffer it to be so now, for thus it become of us to fulfill all righteousness. And he suffered him. So Jesus came to fulfill that Levitical law in being washed ceremonially washed as he prepared to enter into worship into service, baptism of Jesus was not New testament baptism, and I stand on that It was an old testament on the Old Testament side of the cross, and Jesus submitted to all the types and shadows. John was a priest in his own right his father was he was from the Levitical priesthood of Aaron. There's no wonder why John baptized him and nobody else. John even went further and he married one of the daughters of Aaron Elizabeth. He tells me a Christian should marry a Christian. Deep, deep truths in the word of God when you look at them carefully the Lord we have a savior that fulfilled all righteousness. Before entering the public ministry, he was washed by one of the sons of Aaron, who baptized him in the Jordan. A brother here is inquiring about baptism. I wouldn't call his name. And I'm wondering if he should be baptized at all because he was baptized in a different denomination. It is an indication that this man is serious about his profession of faith. Baptism is a command. It is the first step of faith that symbolizes that a work of grace was done in a person's heart. Baptism doesn't save, it doesn't help us become saved, but it is a step of faith Showing that we trust Christ. And some of you that have been listening to the gospel long enough, what are you doing? What you are saying to me is, I am still heathen. That's what you're saying. And as long as you are heathen, the pastor would preach to you. Small, all, or in between. That is no place to be because you are headed for hell. Verse 13 and 14, And thou shalt put on Aaron the holy garments, and anoint him, and sanctify him, that he may minister unto me in the priest's office. And thou shalt bring his sons, clothe them with coats. Aaron and his sons could not appear before God in any old garment we all know what the garments represents but we ought to be practical as well in this text those in service to God should be presentable in their power yeah I take that serious too I believe that we should dress in accordance to the worth of the word of God. We should dress in accordance with the God that we are representing. We should not appear before God with our shirt tail out flying. We shouldn't stand up to pray with our shirt tail flying. I've seen this, come on. What are we doing? What are we doing? Who are we praying for with your shirt tail flying? I'm not saying put on a suit. But at least they got some shirts now called Untucked. I wouldn't even wear them. Put your shirt in your pants. I could not leave home. In front of my mother with my shirt tail flying. I would hear Brian put... Your shirt and your pants. I learned that from a young man and a teenager. God taught me these things. And yet, we come in here with our short tail flying or lessons on tally. He said, Well, you look at them. Yes, I do. I look at them. Yeah, I learned from Pastor Martin and Brother start but he's right. We should dress according to the God we are representing. Shouldn't come here before God with tattoos on our neck and our arms. There's a way to get, get them off you. You up in front of people preaching tattoos all on your neck, you know, in your ear. Yes, how we appear before God, our <laughs> own sons, to wear the right apparel because it points to something points to the heart that has been cleansed dress in accordance to the God you serve worship is not meant to be casual some of us are too casual for me too carefree too careless worship is sacred i'm not saying that those things are going to save somebody but at least you know we should we should look how we believe verse 15 goes on and thou shalt anoint them as thou didst anoint their father that they may minister unto me in the priest's office for the anointing shall surely be an everlasting priesthood throughout their generations We're told that Aaron's priesthood shall be an everlasting priesthood throughout their generations. Now this can only find fulfillment in the new covenant priesthood given to believers. Aaron's priesthood came to an abrupt end. As a matter of fact, during the days of Samuel, God cursed the whole line of priests after Eli's sons. But Malachi chapter 3, verse 3 says, And he shall sit as a refiner and purifier of silver, and he shall purify the sons of Levi, and purge them as gold and silver, that they may offer unto the Lord an offering in righteousness. It is Christ who purified the sons of Levi, his people, the elect, God's children that the sons of Levi represented. Christ purifies us by going to the cross and washing our sins. So all of these things you're seeing are beautifully fulfilled in the Lord Jesus Christ. We saw the essentials in the rearing of the tabernacle in the wilderness. We looked briefly at the servers in the tabernacle. As I said, these things foreshadowed the church of the Lord Jesus. We don't see Aaron's daughters assigned to duty, but his sons. Yet in our day, women are being ordained in the diaconate and in the pastoral office. Where is the church going? Well, I ask you, where is your church going? god said about half dozen times that moses god says make sure that you follow the pattern shown to you on the mount about half a dozen times make sure that you follow the pattern i remember one time i leave some instructions here with two men and i know charlie's listening and Charlie was one of the men, he and Godfrey. I gave them these two pieces of paper. They were setting up some furniture. And I said, no, you have to follow the directions on this paper. When I came back, I see the desk lopsided like this. So I look at it. I says, uh, guys, did you follow the instructions? He say. Godfrey said, no, Charlie, tell me try it away." I said, well, take it back now flatten it out on the ground and follow the instructions. Make sure you follow the pattern shown to you on the mount. And if the church was to follow the principles in the Bible, they would have less people but better churches. Now I cannot cover the portion in verses 17 through 33. I cannot follow. I cannot, I cannot do this portion. I will be here too long. Uh, verses 17 to 33. is the actual reign of the tabernacle. It's an application to the instructions given to Moses. Uh, 17 to 33. But the words that stand out in these verses are, as the Lord commanded Moses. All that Moses, the man of God, did was as the Lord commanded Moses. When you and I do all that we are commanded, we are but unprofitable servants. We have done that which was commanded of us. No points, no pat on the back, unprofitable servants. Verse 33 concludes that saying, And he read up the court round about the tabernacle and the altar and set up the hanging of the court gate. So Moses finished the work. Wow, here's a man. And, and, and isn't, isn't he a type of Christ who finished the work? who said to his father, I have finished the work that you have sent me to do. Isn't Paul something like this as a servant of God? I have kept the faith. Brethren, we should be faithful. We should be faithful. I'm serious. Finally, the purpose of the tabernacle and its essentials. I I will close with the final part of this, this evening verses 34 and 35 of Exodus chapter 40. Then a cloud covered the tent of the congregation and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And Moses was not able to enter into the tent of the congregation because the cloud abode thereon and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Twice we are told that the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. The purpose for the tabernacle in the wilderness, the altar, the anointing of the sons of Aaron, the labor, the table, all the essentials given was to manifest the glory of the Lord. And by the way, Christ is the glory of the Lord. Wow. Should we give him less, Jackie? Should we give him less? That are devoted worship. Should we give them less? I don't know. When the glory of the Lord. Fill the place of worship. There will be no room. For you and me. God cannot occupy a sanctuary. Where men. Are sharing the glory. Some of us like to take center stage in worship like to be heard like to be seen who's getting the glory we should stay out of the way when we are leading we should not try to preach when we're called to read the glory of the lord this is the purpose The scriptures say Moses was not able to enter into the tent of the congregation. It is similar to Isaiah, when he saw the Lord in the year that the king died. I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne high and lifted up and his train filled the temple. The robe of the Lord filled the temple. There was no space for Isaiah. No room for us in the temple. If the glory of the Lord is to be seen, the shuffling and the bustling and the turning of pages, the getting up, the glory of the Lord. Help me promote the glory of Christ in the sanctuary. The Bible says in verse 36, of Exodus 4 when the cloud was taken up from over the tabernacle the children of Israel went onward in all their journeys but if the cloud were not taken up then their journey not till the day that it was taken up Paul write about this in 1 Corinthians 10 and what grieved me in this commentary is that he said but with many of them, God was not well pleased. For they were overthrown, that were means scattered in the wilderness. It, you and I have to be careful, brethren, today. Very careful. For the cloud of the Lord was upon the tabernacle by day, and fire was on it by night in the sight of all the house of Israel through all their journeys can you imagine this can you imagine seeing these things this God with the people protecting them guiding. is it any different today in this church where the Lord has brought us from begging for money to do our work shouldn't you as a member of this church consider these things I sent Depo a photo yesterday deliberately. When Depo and Marcel went to Zimbabwe around Christmas, Depo was trim, slim and trim. Had no beard, no gray on his face. Meeting in a butcher shop. That's how we began, butcher, butchery on the floor. Today, God has enabled us to erect two buildings Two mission houses. Haven't you considered these things? And see where God can take you? Or is it just two people? The glory of the Lord. The shadow. God guiding. God leading. God protecting. The movements of the children of Israel. Were centered around the tabernacle it was there where the presence of God stood isn't this a, a sterling reminder to the people of God today should not our plans and our life be centered around worship and our church and yet our lives are not centered around the ministry and the church we don't plan around the ministry, Ever so often I hear we, we take off These people's lives were centered around the movement of the cloud and the fire. When God tell them, go, they go. They were close to the tabernacle. It was the central point of their lives. And the church ought to be the central point of our lives. We're not asking too much. If you're a Christian, no, we're not if we are christian at all you learn these things because you have somebody to teach you these things you can preach till the cows come on not too many think this way life is scheduled without the worship of god in mind yet we say he's our god These are wonderful pictures and today you and I have the reality. The reason why God is so meticulous and detailed with the essential and the servers of this earthly tabernacle is because of what it pictured. We don't need pictures anymore. I shared them with you who need pictures. We have a superior tabernacle. It was not pitched by man but it was pitched by God. The Lord said to the Jews when they asked him for a sign. What sign what, what sign shows thou us seeing you doing these things? You just come in here and clean the clean house. Push down the the tables drive out the people. What, what, what sign do you he said? Destroy this temple. In three days I will raise it up. And said the Jews still ain't understand still in not understand the pictures forty and six years was this temple in building will thou read of in three his? But he speak about the temple of his body he's the temple it is him that we are in it is him that we love he is meticulous he is holy he is pure. The reason why the Lord was insistent about the servers in this earthly shadow is because true believers are to be clean. Stop dabbing in questionable things. Some people, you don't know what they're doing, man, the true Saturday. You don't know shady deals. Also, Paul said to the church at Corinth, do you not know that you are the temple of God? and That the spirit of God dwelleth in you? If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy. For the temple of God is holy. Which temple you are? This is the reality of what God instructed Moses to do defiling the tabernacle was a serious matter defiling the church with unholy living and false doctrines is worse unholy worship strange fire we have a superior high priest better than Aaron Aaron faltered you saw that because of this we are told let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water the servers in the old testament were washed with ordinary contaminated water we are washed with the pure water of the gospel providing we are safe providing we are safe we are cleansed from our sins Hebrews says let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering for he is faithful that promise and let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. So these pictures that I show you has significance to us today. And I've tried to show you some of the significance It concludes our survey of the Book of Exodus. I wish I could have spent more time in the Book of Exodus, but as the summer draws near, other preparations must be made, and I trust that we will continue to study God's Word. Let's pray. Amen. Amen. Holy Righteous Father, we beg your forgiveness, you, you have made the schematic so, so clear, we thank you for Moses the man of God who followed the, the schematics and has handed them down to your people and today we can look back, pray for your church, we pray for our people, we pray that salvation would come to our house. We pray for our children in this church. The ones who pass through, the ones who do not show any interest, we pray that fathers will teach their children, that they will systematically read the Bible, and they will explain it to their children. We pray that you will bring salvation in our church. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.